You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Pliny. Christmas is almost here. I hope that you all are ready. It'll be here before you know it. And I am so excited. I have most of my Christmas shopping out of the way because I don't go to the stores anymore. I do all of my shopping usually online. And this year I got almost all of my shopping done on Cyber Monday. So I'm uber excited about it. Now ask me if the gifts are wrapped. No, the, the gifts aren't wrapped, but... I did get almost all my shopping done. Um, the thing that I'm sort of struggling with, you know, Harrison is a toddler now and I don't want to put the gifts under the tree just yet. I want him to see that Santa actually delivers the gifts under the tree. And so I'm trying not to put any gifts under there, except for those that I say, oh, these are from certain people. Okay. But your gifts that you really want actually come from Santa. So I'm trying to make that differentiation. Haven't really been able to do that just yet. I've also tried to introduce the shelf on the elf on the shelf. Okay. This year. And I have two of them and I told him, Hey, the elf knows if you've been good or bad, naughty or nice. And if you're naughty, Santa won't bring you any gifts. If you're nice, Santa will bring you all the gifts. So the elf can be anywhere. So it may move. So just be on good behavior. Y'all know what this boy did? That's my friend. Took the elf off the shelf. He's playing with the elf on the ground. Like, no, you're not supposed to touch the elf. He has magical powers. No, he's my friend. So, uh, yeah. So, so at what age do you guys introduce the elf on the shelf? If, if am I too early? Should it be more like five? I, I don't know. But three obviously did not work for me in my household. So I will not be doing that until next year. I just put the elves up. They're like, there's some decorative elves around, but we're not even going to try to move the elves. We're just going to leave them put until next year. Now, this Christmas, we're celebrating at my sister-in-law's house in Alabama. Harrison is always so excited to hang out with his cousins. What are you guys doing uh, for Christmas? Will you be traveling? Now, you know, I'm in Atlanta and we are going to be traveling via a road trip, but we've taken a lot of trips um, back and forth from, from Atlanta to Houston lately. So I know that many of you guys will probably be traveling like I've been traveling uh, this holiday season and really this whole year. Because of the traveling, a lot of you guys are really anxious about traveling with these new babies. And this might be your first time traveling with your baby. If it is, bless your heart. I have been there before. 
Not only did I travel with Harrison during this holiday season, I traveled with him last holiday season. I also traveled with him for travel medicine assignments. When I accepted my position in Houston while waiting my Texas license, I started doing travel medicine assignments. Harrison was four months old when I started these. So I feel like I can talk about traveling as a pro, right? And I'm extremely qualified. So we're going to talk about it today. Now, the first overall tip I will give you about traveling with a baby or a toddler, regardless of the age of your baby, toddler, or even older kid, is to plan your trip out. Make sure to review this plan a few days before your trip. Now, I know you're probably used to flying. If you're like me, you have clear, maybe you have TSA pre-check, or even you might have clear and TSA pre-check, and you're used to arriving about an hour before your flight, going quickly through security and you know taking off. With no issues. No, don't don't do that. Don't plan for that. Okay. Even if you have these priority boarding services, still plan your trip out. Carry the easiest stroller that you have. Okay. I say easiest because some of y'all do the little folding stroller as opposed to the one you're used to taking to the grocery store. Take the one you know how to use and break down. You don't want to be struggling to figure out how things break down at the gate. Those little Costco flip out strokes, I mean, they are convenient because it's like real small and collapsible, right? But you got to remember, you can't really attach anything to it. Like you can't attach a bag to it. You can't put your diaper bag on it. There's no place to put your sippy cup on. So if you have a kid that's like three or four, that may be a good thing, right? Like, let me just get this thing out. I never put you in a stroller, but for the airport, I will put you in it. Okay. Get your little Costco stroller out and pop it out, right? But if you have a newborn or a kid that is not able to follow directions yet, use the stroller that you used to. OK, now, whatever stroller you used to, I would suggest that you take the one that has a cup holder or a sippy cup holder. You're going to need this. You shouldn't be juggling a whole bunch of stuff in the airport. When you're planning, pack a few changes of clothing for the airport. Now, this goes for a baby, a toddler, or really any kid that's under age 10 years old. Why? Babies have accidents. They have blowout accidents. By now, you know this. So dress your baby and your toddler in the most comfortable clothes, the clothes that you can access. Not those button up all the way down your legs onesies. The one that zip, okay? Get you some zipper ones. Because when you when you are in a rush, you do not want to snap all those buttons, Okay. And don't put your holiday cute clothes on for this child before it's going to the airport. Put the raggedy zip up onesie on, okay? Or a t-shirt and some sweatpants. Not your holiday cute ones. Because by the time you get to where you're going, you'll likely need to change their clothes anyway, okay? So don't put cute clothes on for the airport. Put the raggedy clothes on and the ones that you can get in and out of the fastest, all right? Even if you're like, well, my child is fully potty trained and we don't need to change of clothes, right? Because we don't travel with a diaper bag really with Harrison anymore. He's three, right? He's three, he's almost three and a half. And he doesn't really have accidents. He goes to school. He had to be fully potty trained before he started. He's very good at going to the potty on his own, but sometimes the airport is big. Let me tell y'all, we were in the airport yesterday, literally yesterday, And we're coming back from Houston to Atlanta for the last time with our back and forth travel. And Harrison said, one time, I have to go to the bathroom. 
Okay, I knew that he had to go to the bathroom. It had only been like two seconds before he said he had to go to the bathroom. But I didn't say to hold it, right? And usually I say, hold it, hold I say, hold it constantly until we get to the bathroom. Well, yesterday, my mama got a little petrified of going down the escalator. So that slowed us down. So I'm going down the escalator. My mom and Harrison are stuck at the top because my mom refused to go down, right? And Harrison's like, he's just going to jump on the escalator because he's used to doing it. But my mom wasn't. So they freak out. They go to the elevator. That takes you so much longer to go to the final elevator to get down to the train area, right? So by the time they got down there, I'm waiting by the elevator. My mama, I'm like, I can't believe that you just did that. You know, we needed to get on here. We're going to miss our shuttle, you know, and she's like fussing back and forth. What does Harrison do? He squats down, pees right on the floor. He pees through his sweatpants on the floor, okay? He's three and a half. This is why you have a change of clothes. Several of them, even if you think your child is fully potty trained. All right. Most embarrassing thing that's happened to me all year. But hey, we found him. That really slowed us down. We had to find a bathroom, put him on the put him on the pot. He's like, there's no more PP in there. Well, I know it's all on the floor, but we have to change your clothes now. So we change his clothes, go back. The, they go down the elevator again. Well, my mom goes on the elevator. I go down the escalator with Harrison because he wants to take the escalator with me. We wait for my mom to come off the elevator. We then take the train and go on about our merry way. I say that because you need to make sure you have a change of clothes. And I also say the whole planning thing is real, right? If we would have been uh, rushing and getting there an hour before, we would have missed our flight. It's going to divert you about 10 minutes to go change this kid's clothes. You got to find a bathroom. You got to wrangle them down. You got to change their clothes. If you got a title like me, they're like trying to fight you. So plan, okay? The next tip, which I mean, check your bags. Just just check them, all right? Carry-ons are convenient and they may save you a little bit of money. But I'm telling you, if you don't have, you know, some type of status that allows you a free check bag or if you're not flying Southwest and you have to pay that United $35 bag fee, that's the best $35 you're going to pay, okay? Carry-ons are convenient, but when you are wrangling a baby or a toddler, you will not have time for this, okay? Check all the bags except for the baby bag. You want nothing. The goal is for you to have nothing in your hands except for that baby bag, whatever the kid is in, the stroller, and that's it. Put your actual purse in your suitcase and check it. Put your wallet in the baby bag, okay? You need your hands to be free, as free as you possibly can. Even if you're traveling with somebody else, you don't want a bag, okay? Trust me, it will save your life. Then when you get on the plane, you got to have somebody, hold. if you're by yourself, hold your baby and then put your bag up. Just, just check it, okay? Check your bags. And that way, you have uh, one less thing to worry about. Next tip, pack snacks, okay? This will keep your toddler quiet. Pack all the snacks. People are like, I didn't pack any snacks because I didn't think they would let me take them through uh, security. They will let you take them through, okay? Even if they're in a Ziploc bag, if you have a baby bag, they will allow you to take your snacks through. But the easiest thing is just to have snacks that are wrapped, right? That are in packages that are not open. You will, you can take those through all day, even if you don't have a baby bag. But definitely pack the snacks, okay? This will help keep your kid quiet. 
If you're traveling with a kid under two, you can also pack bottles of water with you. If you're in formula, obviously you need bottles of water with the formula. But even if you have a you know two-year-old toddler, they will allow you to take a bottle of water on. Let's say you're carrying a three-year-old like I am with Harrison. You can't take the water through. Then you buy a bottle of water before you get on that plane. Okay, get your bottle of water. Even if you don't think you need it, get your bottle of water. Because when your kid has a fit because they want water and they're not doing the cabin service because they've suspended it, you'll have, you'll be prepared. Okay. Don't depend on the airplane to give you anything. Don't depend on them for a snack. Don't depend on them for water because they will disappoint you every single time. And then you can buy and get the snack that your kid wants. Keep your kids quiet. Okay. Now, if you no longer carry your baby bag for your toddler, I strongly encourage you to do so for the flight. You need to put wipes in those, uh, that baby bag, a few change of clothes and some type entertainment, books, iPad, etc. Do not forget your entertainment, especially if you're on a flight that lasts longer than about an hour and a half. You need the entertainment with you. So don't forget that. Okay. If you have a child over age two, I know you have a, t- a tablet. If you don't, your cell will suffice. Next tip, download Netflix or whatever you subscribe to and download all the favorite shows or movies to that tablet before you leave the house. I've made that mistake before because you know you might have Wi-Fi in your car or you're used to using your hotspot and they're looking at the tablet via your hotspot. So you can stream. You ain't gonna be able to stream like you wanna stream in the airport. And even if you buy the Wi-Fi, you know, the go in-flight Wi-Fi, whatever it is, it's not going to allow you to stream, okay? It's not meant for streaming. It's just meant for checking emails. So make sure you download what you need um, because you'll be upset because you'll assume that there's those TVs in the headrest and they're, they're not necessarily, okay? So download what you need to watch on the plane. Download what they need to watch before you get on the plane. And don't forget to download the apps for that carrier. Download the Delta app and the United app, whatever it is you're flying to the kid's tablet so that they can have access to that in-flight entertainment as well. And they don't have to use your phone in the event that you want to let them watch something on the plane as opposed to what you've downloaded on Netflix. But the easiest thing is to have your own stuff. Okay, They can be watching that while they're bored. It's seamless. They never have to stop watching it. For Harrison, every time the announcer comes on, if he's watching something, because he likes to watch Mickey Mouse on the plane, and he knows that it's on there, right? Yeah, I didn't think it was on there yesterday. We fly in Delta. No, Mickey Mouse is on there. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, it's not on here. He clicks series, and guess what? It's on there, right? He puts his little headphones on. He's looking at it. And every time the announcer comes on, he's like, mommy, it's not working. It's not working. That'll save you a tantrum, okay? Because... It won't interrupt them. So go ahead and download it to help your life be as seamless as possible. Now, if you have a baby under six months of age and you're scared about traveling with him or her for the first time, just breathe. I was nervous too, right? But to be honest, this is the best time to travel with your children. Babies under six months old are so low maintenance. These were the absolute best flights I had with Harrison. For travel this age, I suggest you change your baby's diaper about 10 minutes prior to boarding. I'm telling you, I had a whole regimen. It was the easiest way to travel. So change your baby's diaper 10 minutes prior to boarding, okay? 
That'll save you from changing a poopy diaper on the plane most of the time. Change your baby's diaper 10 minutes prior to boarding. Breastfeed your baby as soon as you get on the plane. Okay. If you don't breastfeed, bottle feed. Okay. Don't do it before. Do it when you get on the plane. Your baby will likely sleep the entire flight. Okay. Now, if your baby is teething, make sure you have those cold teething rings on deck. The flight attendant can give you a cup of ice. You place the little teething toy in the cup of ice. That way you keep it on chill the whole entire flight and you don't have a fussy teether. Okay. Now, specifically for toddlers, the name of the game is to keep them entertained. Okay. This is the hardest time to fly with a kid is the toddler age. They're busy. They're easily distracted. They are very, you know, I mean, toddlers are selfish. They don't really care about embarrassing you or not. They don't really care about what you have or not. Like here's someone apple juice on the plane. I'm like, they don't have any apple juice. I want apple juice. Like, you don't understand. They don't have any more apple juice, you know? But that was okay because we had apple juice with us and we popped the apple juice out, right? Because we were prepared because we knew what he wanted. But they need to be entertained. Books and puzzles are your friend. I have this uh, sort of like a travel box and it flips open and there's like these magnetic puzzles that he can put together. I mean, those work like a godsend. And there's also like a dry erase board also on that magnetic board. So that keeps him entertained. Anything you buy, just anticipate it'll keep him entertained for about 10 minutes. So that'll tell you how many activities in your head you need to plan out for this child. Okay. Now, like I said before, make sure you have the movies already downloaded to the tablet. This is really important uh, for a toddler. Now, I've also found that the toddler's seatbelt is helpful. Now, it's closer to a car seat as opposed to just that strap across. Um, you can get it from Target or Bye Bye Baby. I have one. So basically, it base, it goes over the headrest, and that way it has a strap that comes down and across to clip in, okay, to clip your kid in, just like you would clip your kid into um, a, a booster or a car seat. And that way, they're more comfortable. They're used to being like that anyway. They can't wiggle out. They're not going to stand up during the flight with that. And, you know, they're they're used to that. So I found that traveling with that as opposed to just that strap is great because Harrison can't really get out. He's not really trying to fight to get out and he's comfortable. So that's a really good $20 investment that you can get at Target or Bye Bye Baby. And I'll post that um, so that you guys can, can know about that. There's also a little flight cube that you can fit between the seats. It's almost like a little memory foam, you know, pillow that goes between the seats so that your little one can actually lay out. So it acts like a makeshift bed so they won't be cramped in the seat. So they can either put their legs on it or they can literally lay down in the seat, use that area as their headrest and put their legs within the seat and cover them up with a blanket. Okay. So it's like a makeshift bed. I'll post a link to that as well, because let me tell you, those are godsends. Not only can they not get down on the floor, but it's a bed. So it's encouraging them, lay down and watch your movie. Put your iPad to the side and watch your movie and enjoy this flight. It's like a first class cocoon just for them. All right. So now that you know a little more about my tips for traveling with a baby or toddler, let's go to some questions. The first question says, Dr. Plenty, I haven't flown since COVID, but now have a COVID baby, meaning we got pregnant during the pandemic. My little one is now 18 months old. I know COVID is still around. So is it safe to travel with my daughter? Should she be wearing a mask during the flight? 
All right. So I know people are super afraid still because they're like, you know, these pandemic babies have been in-house forever, right? You're like, I'm finally letting them see the light. It's okay. Walk into the light. You still want to take all your proper COVID precautions, right? You want to wash your hands. If you can stay away from people, you want to stay away from them. But the airports are not requiring people wear masks anymore. And the airplanes are not either. Now, if you know that your kid has issues with their immune system and things like that, you know, you may want to opt not to fly with them. But for the most part, you're pretty safe in flying with your kid. The biggest part is getting to the airplane. Now, the air is recycled in on planes every two minutes. So the likelihood of you getting COVID during a flight is super slim. Now, in the airport, mm, a little bit different. If you got crowds of people, it is a little bit different, but the numbers are very low right now. So rest assured, I don't think this is a, this time is not a reason to not fly with your 18-month-old. I just think you should take the proper precautions. Make sure that when you guys eat, you're away from people. Um, make sure that your little one practices good hygiene, meaning when you go to the bathroom, make your 18-month-old put their hands up, make them wash their hands because babies that age eat with their hands a lot. So you want to make sure the hands are washed and sanitized. But other than that, that's it. Kids under two years old shouldn't have masks on, okay? Even when the pandemic was rampant, kids under two shouldn't wear masks because they can breathe in their own carbon dioxide. That puts babies at increased risk for poor oxygen status and even 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 like SIDS. So we don't want those babies wearing masks. I know you're anxious. Take the dive, mama. Go ahead. Harrison has flown a million and one times without a mask on. And he's done just fine. But, you know, obviously don't take him around people that are coughing and you want to make sure you are taking your child in the, you know, in a ventilated area as much as you can. The airport is not a really good place to do that, but just make sure you're not cramped and sitting right next to somebody while you're waiting for the flight and you'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just make sure your hands are clean and, um, and keep it moving. All right. Medical intern, any other questions? Our next question says, Dr. Plenty, I'm afraid I'll become too engorged in the airport with no time or place to pump. Any advice you would give moms who are breastfeeding while traveling? All right. I remember when I was breastfeeding, this was like, a like, oh, what am I going to do? Right. There are places in the airport to breastfeed. Almost all airports have them. There are these like mom and me breastfeeding areas. They're almost like a mobile breastfeeding machine, like a porta potty suite. That's like three times as big as a porta potty. Okay. And you'll see them when you get to the airport, when you check in, just ask them, Hey, where, where are the breastfeeding stations located? And they'll tell you, usually if you're in a major airport, they're going to be on each terminal. There's one of them. Um, if you are in a smaller airport, they'll usually tell you that there's only one. Um, this is why we have to get to the airport far in advance because it may take you a 10 minute walk to find those areas, but there are areas to breastfeed and pump. Now, my thing is this, this is very natural. You know, if you need to breastfeed your baby on the plane, which I definitely recommend you do, put a muslin throw over your, uh, over the top of you and breastfeed that baby. Okay. Go to the corner, you know, in the airport, find a seat in the corner and breastfeed the baby or pump. You have the right to do this without being inconvenienced. Just wear one of your breastfeeding shirts or covers 
and you can breastfeed, you know, in the corner of the airport. Don't worry about offending people. This is very natural. You're not going to, you know how to do this without exposing yourself, but don't think that you can't breastfeed wherever you want in the airport. Okay. Um, most of your uh, pumps, even if you don't have like a willow or an LV, which are those portable hands-free pumps, I mean, you can hear doctors rounding with the, with the LV on them while they're still working because they're amazing, right? They allow you to do a lot of stuff hands-free. But let's say you're like me and you have the Spectra. There are these portable, um, you know, portable packs, battery packs that you can purchase so that you don't have to actually be in an actual breastfeeding room to plug it in. Okay, now the breastfeeding room will have outlets so you can plug your pump in, but you can buy a portable battery pack so that you can pump in the airport and you don't have to find an outlet. You can just find a corner or you can pump on the plane with those because you don't have to have an outlet. Um, I always suggest that if you can breast, if you can pump before you get to the airport, that's going to be the most convenient thing. And you should be pumping every three to four hours if you have a, a, a little one. Like if you have a baby that's under six months, you're trying to get into the rhythm of things. We want you to press, you know, pump um, at least every four hours, basically. So if you're pumping on the way to the airport and then you pump again once you land, that should actually be okay. But if you are engorged, then just take your breast pump out and pump. You can find one of those rooms. It's going to take you about probably a couple minutes to find it. Or you can get a corner and just cover yourself. You can always let the baby latch. Nobody is ever going to blame you for letting that baby latch. Cover your cover the top with a with a cloth of some sort or a towel or a blanket, and let your baby latch if you feel engorged. Don't be embarrassed about that. This is very natural, and this should be as convenient for you as possible. So don't if if it's out of your way and you feel comfortable breastfeeding in that waiting area. Just breastfeed. You're not offending anybody. People should know that this is a natural thing. And if they're offended, oh, well, they're just going to be offended. You need to do what you have to do. All right, medical intern, we have a third question. We do. This one says, I'm traveling by myself for the first time over the Christmas break. My husband is deployed and I'll be taking our four-month-old son to my in-laws for Christmas. I have to lug bags, check the car seat and the stroller. Getting to check-in won't be bad because I can trap him in to the car seat and snap into the stroller. But once I have to break down everything, I don't know how I'll be able to juggle everything at the gate. Any tips would be greatly appreciated. I've been here before. So I know that you are like, I got all this stuff to do. All right, let's simplify your life. One, are you going to be driving to the airport or not? Okay, so if you're driving yourself to the airport, then you're going to take your own car seat out. You're going to clip your car seat into the stroller and you are going to put the baby into the stroller or keep your baby in the stroller. I mean, in the car seat and just pick the car seat up and put it into the stroller. Okay, that's not hard. You're going to then have your bag in one hand, push the stroller with the other hand and have your car, your baby bag either under the stroller or on your back, okay? Now, that works if you have one bag. Let's say you have two bags, okay? Then what you're going to do is you're going to call your in-laws and say, hey, I need you to get a car seat, okay? Or you're going to rent a car seat. This is an important step 
because the car seat is probably what's limiting you. Let's say that you have in-laws that can't afford a car seat or you just don't feel comfortable asking them to buy the car seat. Still take your own car seat, take the stroller, put the second bag in the car seat, put the baby in a harness. Baby carriers or baby harnesses are cheap and you can strap them to your body and move around like, you know, like it's just you. So you can put the second bag in the stroller and you have the first bag in your left hand. You're going to push the baby, the stroller, the car seat that's clipped into the stroller and the bag that's within the car seat with your right hand. You have the baby bag on your back or either under the stroller if you have that access and the other bag in your left hand rolling. Of course, the baby is in a harness. That is what I have done a million and one times. You can do this. You are a mom. The other thing that you can do is you can call ahead and ask for an assistance. They can meet you in the parking lot and they can help you roll all of your stuff to into the airport. That is a thing. Okay. You can ask for assistance. Okay. That's why planning ahead is key. If you're like, I, there's no way that my second bag is too big. I'm not going to be able to pick it up and put it in the, in, a, in the stroller. Call and ask for an assistant. And that way you're only responsible for your own kid. They can take your own bags with you. The other piece you could do is if somebody's dropping you off, they can drop you off and you can curbside check all your bags. They'll pull up to the curb. They'll help you unload your bags. You curbside check your bags have your baby strapped into the harness and that way you can have your car seat, the baby and the stroller and the book bag or the baby bag. And that's it. Now, some people do choose to check the car seat because at the gate, they're worried about who's going to hold my baby so that I can take the car seat out of the stroller and then break down the stroller to the ground and tag everything. Okay. So some people choose to have their baby in a harness, check their uh, car seat to the next destination with, along with all their bags, and then have the stroller, put your kid in the stroller and then break down the stroller at the gate. The harness is still key. Okay. The, the strapping the baby to you is still key because once you get to the gate, you want to be able to pick your baby up out of the stroller, put your baby in the harness so you can carry your baby and that way, both of your hands are free so that you can collapse your stroller and, um, and plain side check it, okay? So the harness is going to be key for you to be able to have your hands free. Now, let's say you don't have a harness. Well, at this point, once you have early pre-boarding, you can ask somebody to hold your baby. Like you get, I would get the flight attendant or somebody. I wouldn't get anybody random to hold my baby. I'll say, can you hold my baby while I break this, while I break this car seat and stroller down, okay? Because if you don't have a harness, that's what you're going to have to do. Now, for me, when I was traveling, I didn't want anybody holding my baby. Don't touch my baby because we were in the middle of COVID as well. So I had to travel with a harness. I would literally put him in so his feet are dangling at the bottom. He was strapped in to my chest. I could break the stroller down, remove the car seat from the stroller, and then plain side check it. The key is going to be to pack light. You should not be traveling with more than two bags. If you have a baby and you're traveling by yourself, if you can get it down to one large luggage, that's what I would recommend. And having your baby bag, that's a carry on on your back. The strap on, you know, one shoulder, it's clunky and it's inconvenient. So if you have a book bag, if that is the type of baby, if you have, get a book bag, okay? 
You can use an old book bag if you want to, but get something that you can have on your back so that both of your hands can be free. The name of the game is to keep your hands as free as possible. So I would suggest one large suitcase. You have your stroller and the car seat that clips in. If your if your car seat does not clip in, you need to check the thing. Okay, don't plain side check it. Check it at the gate. Okay, gate side check it. Um, but one bag and your baby bag as a book bag would be the thing that's most convenient. Okay, um, that is what I would recommend doing and having a harness so that when it's time to break the stroller and the car seat down, you can put your baby in your harness and your hands can be free doing that. Now that does require you to invest in a harness, but it's only 25 bucks. Invest in the harness. Trust me, it'll save you and you'll be using that thing until the kids almost won. So get your harness, make your life easier. All right, I think that's all the questions that we have today. And my medical intern is shaking her head, yes. So thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast. I hope that you've learned a little bit more about traveling tips with a baby or a toddler. If you like what you've learned, please support by rating and commenting on the show on whatever platform you listen to and make sure to share with your friends. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Also make sure to check out the YouTube channel at youtube.com for slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks. And you can get free downloadables at drnicoleplenty.com. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.